Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Everybody, welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out this very day, Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. They know That's what time the it podcast is. Drops. They know what date is. They know what time it is. Everybody listens to this shit like clockwork. 9:02. Yeah. No, well, I'm, by 9:02, they're done. They exactly. listen to they it could quadruple be speed. this on Thursday, guys. Nope. What? No. No. That, this no, is no, that's everyone not here. All Wednesday. All the maybe time. even Friday. Mm, that, that sounds crazy. Right. Friday's the weekend. <laughs> People are partying. Yeah, they're like, we, we I don't have to work start. anymore and read comics. I'm done. Exactly. I'm done you can't, with my comic reading job. You can't hang 10 on a sweet surfboard and uh, listen to this podcast at the same time. Yeah, what do you got, underwater headphones? You know what? Watch me try it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Alex is going to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really listen to podcasts. What's more believable, Alex surfing or Alex listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Let alone both at the same time. <laughs> Great question. Here's a couple of notes before we get into the reviews. Those of you who listened last week heard these, but those of you who are new, hear them for the very first Welcome time. Welcome, so people. exciting. Welcome, what a time people. to be alive. First of all, we have a regular transcript of this episode. If you like to read your podcast instead of listen to them or if you are hearing impaired in any way, that usually rolls out at about the same time as the audio podcast. So check that out on our site, comicbookclublive.com. Also, we have a stack-specific feed. If for whatever reason you don't want to get the live show and the stack in the same comic book feed, you can always still subscribe in the Comic Book Club live feed there. But we do have a stack-specific feed that rolls out. It's currently up on iTunes and Google Podcasts and a couple of other places. We don't quite have it on Spotify yet. Uh, I believe it's on Stitcher. But you can check out the full list, again, on our website at comicbookclublive.com. And one last thing. uh, We're not going to do it this episode since there's so many comics to talk about. But we love getting comments from you guys. Leave us a comment on iTunes. Leave us a rating uh, or anywhere. We would love to read your comments on the show. We'll read your comment. If there's a question, we'll answer it. Comment with a question. Oh, 
Can you do that? Yeah. Is that legal? <laughs> wow. Let's push the border. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of pushing the border, let's talk about one of the big issues of the week, sure to be controversial, Batman number Whoa. 77. Yes, oh, this from guy. From DC Comics. This guy again. Now, I got to tell you, leading up to this, I saw a lot of people who had read it in advance being like, I'm going to get off the internet permanently as soon as this issue drops because they were predicting that people are going to be so upset. We are going to get into spoilers for the issue, so we'll give you a spoiler countdown. Now, is that why you're wearing a wearing a Batman T-shirt? No. Oh, it was just just a fun office. You're the office comic book guy, right? Yeah, I I love. Batman. I actually I hate basic T-shirts like this that are just like the bat signal. Yeah, that T-shirt's basic. It's dude. pretty dumb, right? What? No, it's no, cool. That's great. No, there was, that's a I'll Michael tell you Keaton what, Batman. There was one time I was walking through a security at an airport. I was wearing my dumb shirt that I hate that just says Star Wars on it. You love that shirt. You wear it all the shirt. time. No, I have like a Star Wars shirt that looks like a little slightly more vintage and has an image. I do like that one. It's very comfy. But this is the one that just has the Star Wars logo. And the lady behind security was like, "Oh, Star Wars fad." That's like, tr- true. Yes, it's true. Well, what do you uh, want? Why, why are you so that, mad? Don't be mad. That's I a person who sees like, something is trying to connect with you sure, for yeah. a second. It's yeah. like if I was wearing a shirt that said pizza on it. I was like, yeah, I like pizza. I don't know. You'd yeah. be asking for that very comment. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it, so. Uh, and people would be this like, is, hey, Hank 10, fault. Alex, I love pizza too. Listen. Most Batman shirts are like Batman, Jim Lee, all over your body, going no. onto your arms and Who's shit. Who's wearing those? I have, I have a shirt just like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, don't, cool. I don't like that. I was That's about to much. insult him more, and now I will not. <laughs> I have my daughter a Batman t-shirt, and she won't wear it. Really? She won't wear it. Oh. Well, I'm glad we did that spoiler countdown because we just spoiled the heck out of it. It's Batman, a long countdown. <laughs> Batman wears a shirt in the yeah. issue. Uh, so in this issue, uh, we are continuing the City of Bane storyline. Bane has taken over Gotham. He's taken all of the villains and created his low own law enforcement there. Meanwhile, Batman is very far away from Gotham. He's been kicked out. He lost. He's being nursed back to health by Catwoman. His and ex. Bane has made an edict. In Paris, right? Right? They're in Paris. In Paris. Very Lovely beautiful city. Lovely place for love. Oh, so nice. It's a city of nursing your boyfriend back to hell. Uh, and Bane has made an edict that if any of the Bat family comes into Gotham, he is going to kill Alfred in front of them. That is what they said. Of course, Damien does not listen. He doesn't listen to rules, man. The Petulant guy goes child. Goes into Gotham, goes for Thomas Wayne, who is the alternate universe father of Bruce Wayne, who's come over from Flashpoint. They have, I think, a stunning fight. Great. Really beautifully drawn. Oh, my God. Such an amazing fight. So So tense. So good. Thomas Wayne wins, ties him to a chair, and makes him watch as Bane snaps Alfred's neck and kills him. That was fucked up. Yeah, so I assume... But I will say, that's how all butlers want to end their service. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That's Have so you ever hung out with butlers? I went yeah. drinking with some butlers, and they party, and they also are like, sorry, you- I'm quitting my job next week, so <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> my neck's going to get it snapped. I hope. Finger crossed. Uh, I assume this is the thing people are talking about that they're going to be very upset about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Potential- yeah. Well, I think and it was- on the, with Pennyworth coming out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's crazy. <laughs> what are they crazy? That's IP. Is out. It's uh, out already. That's what I'm saying. What Pennyworth is out. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The fans. Now, do you? Uh, I'm curious I to get they how would upset. be outraged that uh, Damien was using magic with a wand. Clarion's wand. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that was. That it. was cool. You are very much a fan of side characters, P. Yes. How'd you feel about Your Foggy Alfred, Nelsons? About Your, Alfred dying. How did you feel? Is, it's the worst. 
I would much rather Damien die or any of the Robins. Uh, really? Bane, any villain. You'd rather Bane dies? Yeah. <laughs> that checks out. But like... Uh, uh, <laughs> really checks out. The bad having bad, like the way he died and kind of being like begging and like it was... I couldn't go back and read it again. You really? What is your list in the, all of the Batman family? If you were to list like order of how you want, like who you want to die, where does Alfred fit in? Is he above Batman? Yeah, yeah. So that this bummed you out more than Batman himself dying. Yep. Really? Why? Why uh, would that possibly? Does, Alfred is more pure than Batman. Batman is crossed the line. He's done things he shouldn't have done. He's Alfred has has bottled over the line a little bit. No. He's gone too far. Too much All tea. Alfred's too many done, sandwiches. His done is try to raise a child after his parents died. And, you know, all he's done is try to be that person there for Batman. He has been sort of the father figure. Is Alfred dead? I'm going to say no. I think it's Clayface. Nice. That, oh. that was my best guess. That's why I was kind of holding back. That said, the thing that gives me a little nag of doubt here is we knew going into this that there was all sorts of behind-the-scenes rumors and scuttlebutt about Tom King making a big move on Batman during the City of Bane storyline that ended up with him splitting it off into a separate title, Batman and Catwoman, rather yeah. than continuing on the Batman run. None of that's been confirmed or anything like that, but my little nag of doubt is like, oh, was this the thing? Was killing Alfred the thing that was such a big move that Warner Brothers said, no way? I got to think not, because then why did we see it? We saw it. It happened. So, like, they can't... Are they going to just, like, reboot Alfred? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I like your Clayface theory. Yeah, well, it might have been, just to go against my own theory, it might have been that Tom King was saying, I'm going to kill Alfred, and then Alfred, until the end of his run on issue 105 or wherever it was going to end up... That would be the status quo. So for like two solid years, no Alfred. This way, they could do something where they go over to Batman Catwoman, but meanwhile, whatever writer comes back in is like, oh, yeah, it was Clayface. You know? Interesting. Like, it could be Tom King was not going to retcon it, but now they have the opportunity to retcon to it. Reckon, but they still have like a year left. Uh, yeah, it's still a lot. Dead Alfred, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like really worried to see what happens when Batman finds out. What kind of Batman fan are you? An Alfred Alive Universe fan or a Dead Alfred Universe fan? Oh, great question. Alfred Alive. <laughs> Pete is wearing his shirt that says Alfred on it. That's true. So <laughs> it's classic that? insignia, the Alfred symbol, <laughs> a cup of steaming tea in the sky. If that was real and that was Alfred dying, it is a bummer to me that he wasn't in the issue more. Yeah, and that's why it felt like maybe not. Like, we don't get a big moment. We don't get well, a moment between... I think between... maybe the next issue, if he's really dead, that's what they're going to do. Uh, but if it, if Al... He's definitely going to say a lot less dialogue if he's dead. It's no, true. but I'm and he saying say, they're going to sure, kind of... flashback yeah, and show it. Yeah. That's possible. And also no Alfred Batman, Bruce Wayne moment. Like, right. you would expect to see that. So it feels like it was something to maybe push Damien to a particular place, which sort of makes sense. Damien strides the line between hero and villain a little bit. Maybe that's the point and a Clayface uh, move, like you're saying. Outside of that big moment in the issue, um, I I love this storyline. I like the way that it's played. It's sort of almost the opposite of Zero Year. The way that that was played is like big. Everyone knows that the city's been taken over. This, people seem like they don't know. And they're just wandering around. And all of a sudden, a cop car rolls up. And it's Scarecrow uh, there. And Mr. Zaz. They're really enforcing the leash laws. Yeah, (laughs) which I respect that. Yeah, Uh, because I know Pip don't slip. Yeah, Pip don't slip. 
Uh, overall, I really thought this issue was great. I, yeah. I mean, for the points we talked about, regardless of what's actually going on with Alfred, if he's actually dead or not, um, and I assume by the time this podcast is up, there'll be some sort of interview with Tom King clarifying what it is. Uh, but the full page spread was horrifying, but so yeah. well drawn. The fight scene, as I mentioned with Damien, was tense and excellent. Really good. Uh, this, uh, this story is so good. Now... Normally, when I freak out about somebody dying, you, you guys seem are very calm. Yeah, yeah. normally because you guys calm. are like, whatever. It's the last page; it doesn't count or whatever. So that's why I'm holding back my freak out because I'm s- still in disbelief about what happened. Well, honestly, like, and I'm not trying to light you up by saying this. This one wasn't on the last page, and it was legit. Like, it wasn't like a oh whoops, it was a different person or like uh, oh the lights were off. No, they they killed that dude. <laughs> no, dude, don't. <laughs> that, no, man. That butler has buttled his last. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it can't be over for Alfred. Like, it's I, time for a new Alfred, a younger fu- I'll Alfred. I will fucking punch oh, you yeah. in your throat. Or an older Alfred, an older <laughs> do butler. Do you think Batman would do that? He came springing in Robins. That's Maybe they'll be like an enterprising Guys, butler it's that too finds... fucking soon. No, all I'm saying is like, just listen, hear me out, right? No, I'm not going to hear you out. You could have like a younger prospective butler who breaks into the house finds Bruce Wayne's finger sandwiches and is like, wait a second. I could I be your new Alfred. A fun butler. Yeah. A fun Alfred. A futler. A futler. <laughs> That's what he's both a you, futler. Man. He better not be dead. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. He's, I think he's dead. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Oh, come on. Uh-oh. Like, seriously, <laughs> he's he can't be dead, on. man. Pete's moving through the uh, Unless seven it stages it of despair. Turns out, <laughs> it's amazing to see it happen right <laughs> in front of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't, like... I I would have to walk away from Batman for a little bit, like if that's real. But if really? Alfred's dead, yeah. Well, really. See you later. Well, let me ask you this: between uh, you get a choice, it's like a Sophie's Choice situation. Oh, boy. Alfred and Foggy Nelson. Who do you choose? Either way, I'm walking away. Like I <laughs> you're gonna let them both die? How dare you? Jesus! You have to choose. No, you I'm have saying a scale. If, if Foggy died in the comic. I would be done. Right, but I'm asking, you have the choice. You're a character in a comic. Oh, man. Alfred and Foggy are real. Loaded gun, do you shoot a a butler who appears... A butler who appears sometimes in a comic with food for the hero. Hugely important role. (laughs) Or a a co-worker of the blind lawyer who occasionally (laughs) says, don't fight crime to the the hero. Screw you, Ferdinand. Which one do you kill? (laughs) Dude, they are huge parts of who our heroes are. Sure, so save one of them. Yeah, why are you letting them both die? I can't. They're both dead. They're both dead. I would shoot myself in the head. Wow. (laughs) 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 That is so extreme. Don't ever do that. I couldn't do it. Oh, my God. You know, what both, happens when they you have both to ma- need to be safe. What happens when you yeah. have to make a regular choice? How can Are you you're in line at Subway getting can- your classic meatball sub, and they're like, sorry, we are out of meatballs. Are you like, <laughs> <laughs> you're out of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> bang you're dead. You die in a Subway. Oh, you know, that is weird that that gypsy predicted you would die in a Subway. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. you uh, thought it was underground yeah, train. If it's actually a sandwich Alfred shop. Alfred away from Batman, Batman's... Where's he going to get his soup? Yeah. No, his dude, is- Batman is going to come <laughs> unhinged like you can't believe. I'd love to see an Alfred cookbook. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, the one thing that I will say that was weird to me about this issue, particularly given the whole Alfred of it all, was that Batman's storyline was him w- having a romantic walk with Catwoman in Paris. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know he has to heal. 
I know he's like, I've given it up. But the way those seeds play, they're so yeah. romantic and they're dressed yeah. so well. Uh, I could read. Made could, me sick. I could deal with it better if they were like in a flop house and he was it was dirty oh, and they couldn't deal with it. You know. Wait, in relation to Alfred dying? Yes, seriously, because it seemed like they were having a relatively nice time. Yeah. I sort of liked it. It made the, the all those scenes feel more like tense and uh, like sort of overarching dread. Because Catwoman also feels like she's fucking around with him too much, yeah. and so it's a stress. It, Alfred dying and those scenes being sort of beautiful made me more tense reading uh, yeah, it, which I, mean, I like. I guess it, it stressed me out because I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Go back to Gotham. Jesus yeah. Christ, they're about to kill Alfred, you assholes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You hate Batman. I hate Batman. Yeah, this is uh, Batman's fault. I blame him. I'm done with Batman. Wow. I'm going to rip off my shirt right now. Oh, rip. Oh, oh, wow. Look that's at gross. It. Yeah. Torn in oh, half. Oh, really man. been working wow. out. Yeah. <laughs> My abs. Uh, yeah, I know. It's really shocking. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another book. This is another big book that came out this week from Marvel Comics, Powers of X, number three, a.k.a. Powers of Ten, number three. Yes. I'm going to just say this up front, all right? Pete, I know you haven't been on board with this. You are so wrong. Like, Crazy I don't, wrong. I don't know if this is a bit you're doing or whatever's going on, but oh, this has made me excited about comics again. It's what just, the or, fuck kind of Just story. Just like 100%. the storytelling... Like, the complexity, the power, the way, like, you always talk about the power story has. This one was just like an epic sci-fi. You're using the title in your description. It's really yeah. awful. Well, I thought it was also interesting the way Powers of X 2 came out and then Powers of X 3. And then yes. flipping to House of X 3, House of X 4. So yeah. it's a very purposeful uh, stagger move right there. And this story I thought was just so good. You get to see everybody sacrifice themselves. We see oh, the plan the is to just. talking about? Uh, spoiler about the issue to uh, reboot Moira with the information she needs to change the her, the next timeline. Yeah. Like, the way so that good. this all rolls out, so we've been reading this. I, we've talked about this almost every issue, but I love how every issue adds new information that completely yeah. recontextualizes every previous issue. And what we find out this issue is this uh, storyline 100 years in the future where there's a bunch of X-Men working for Apocalypse, fighting against Nimrod, who's taken over the entire planet. Uh, that turns out to be an alternate timeline. That's Love the it. sixth life of Moira McTaggart. Uh, and that flash, at, sorry, ninth life ninth, of Moira, yeah. Moira McTaggart right at the end, so good, so good. And I just want to say, like, I'm terrible at guessing anything about this sort of book, but yeah. to give myself a little pat on the back about this, people oh. were talking about, like, the sixth life of Moira and Taggart. What's going on with that? I felt like, focus on the ninth life, because that continued past yeah. the point where everything else ended, so what's going on there? I love that we loop back to that. I love the way that it... Uh, looped back around and it changed everything that we know before. The reason I said it made me excited for comic books again is, and I'm so hesitant about this, but I feel like with events like this, it always reaches a point about halfway through, and we're not quite there yet, but halfway through where they're like, hey, just real quick, issue five has been delayed three weeks. And then, oh, yeah. issue six has been delayed a bunch. Oh, the last issue is kind of just setting up every other thing, so it's not really ending or anything like that. Yeah, the, and but, the other issues start uh, the main story. Exactly. And, yeah. But this... Uh, f we know for a fact they've been working on for an incredibly long period of time yeah. to get these ready. But the way that it's structured, it's so meticulously planned. And, yeah, it's so deliberate. Every it choice feels like is deliberate. Hickman uh, almost definitely finished the end of this story 
before he they started on it. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that's how based yes. on the way he seems to work, it seems like that's the way. Like Which he's just is, got it all planned. That's why I'm excited about it. Like I don't want to get burned again. I've been burned by so many events in comics, but I read this issue and goosebumps all over my body by the end. Plus Wolverine? Yeah, I, I had the complete opposite reaction. You had rever- go- reverse goosebumps? <laughs> yeah, right rever- into your arm? Dense? Dense oh, in my arm. I was so Those angry. are called pores, Pete. Well, like, I get it. I guess I'm not smart enough to enjoy Hickman and all of his... <laughs> but fuck <laughs> this whole fucking premise. First off, the future, you see... It's this weird-ass church where this pastor is, like, mutating babies in front of people, and they're talking about pulling the humanity out of humans. It's awful. It is yes. all it's leading towards this to horrible thing. And you're like, yeah, fucking Nimrod. Nimrod blows. Nimrod's the future bad. blows. This whole thing is a shitty, shitty thing that it's, we have to ride along with I, and hope at the end it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. The it's part, been it's sucking a, the whole time. It's a bleak future. It's like humans trying to become more machine-like because they lost against the mutants. It's so this whole storyline, at least now, and I'm sure it'll be totally different next issue, but it's reframed the conflict with the X-Men from being humans versus mutants or mutants versus mutants to mutants and humans versus the eventual machine dominance that is going to destroy all of reality. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's I've what seen Terminator, dude. I know. How yeah, it works. no, no, I know. So good, you like that. Yes. So that's the storyline that they're dealing with. That's what they're facing. And what's incredible about this issue is we've been reading these first couple of issues, and as they've been unfolding information, you've been like, okay, the X Men start House of X to stop this machine domination. And as far as we do up to this point, they lost. Like, they utterly lost. Remember how much you loved the Technarch last issue? No. Yeah, and then right. we find out this issue that they haven't yet, that there actually is hope, that there's a classic Days of Future Past, Wolverine sending information back in time. Wolverine loves sending information, which I know is your favorite power of his. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> this is so he bad. Sent, he sent okay, a crazy email. It's like I he got, sent the best email. You love email. You love getting email. Nope. Uh, earlier today, I sent this log email to Pete, and he responded, yeah. yeah. With an exclamation oh, point. Oh, caps. Yeah, it was great. It uh, was great. This, again, I feel so, uh, I'm repeating myself every single issue, but the other thing that I love about this run is how Hickman is hitting these touchstones from X-Men history yeah. every single subtly, issue. Subtly, In a different way. Where yeah. It doesn't feel... It's, it, it, part of the tapestry, it doesn't feel like ripping off. It's homages, but it works for the overall story he's telling. It's so good. It, it's focusing on a character that you have to buy into in the beginning. Who's that? Moira what? Lady. Moira. And I don't understand what you're... Why don't you like her? She's yeah. cool. She makes horrible choices and then dies at the end. I don't see why I'm. That's what to be life. Like first off, that's her. what our life is too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but too close to home. Yeah, yeah, too close to home. If you want, um, Nimrod's like a pink Terminator. The only thing I will give you about this book is the art is amazing. The art's very good. Yes, very good. Wolverine. For, I really think you're on the losing side of history. On uh, this that's one. fine. I don't mind being on the losing side of history on this. Nice. 
Well, I so guess good. we covered I w- it. <laughs> I, I wish you could enjoy this because it's so Love wonderful. Love a review that ends, I'm on the losing side of history. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. All right, let's move on to another book. Pretty Violent, number one. This is a new book. You must have liked this one. Talk about over the right plate. In the, the right over in the, the title. Plate. Yeah, there you go. It's about a little girl who's a superhero. She ends up, over the course of the issue, uh, murdering a bunch of people semi-accidentally. And then there's a twist at the end. Where it turns out, but this is the concept of the book, she's actually a supervillain. Yeah. There you go. How'd you feel about this one, Pete? It's great. This is like kind of just dealing with this thing of like, it's not easy being a superhero. You can't just show up and start beating people. You have to know what's going on. You got to like, and it was just fun to see this person who has, you think, good intent trying to make a difference, and she keeps making it worse and worse and worse. Yeah. This was the most over the plate book. Uh, for Pete LePage, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, the art's a lot of fun. It's really gross. It's very violent. It's cool. The, uh, reading the the back matter, this was created by uh, some uh, writer animators for Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Sort of um, after work, they would write this. They would create this. And that makes so much sense because this is like the opposite of Adventure Time tonally and like lots of swearing and uh, murder, murder, murder. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of I Hate Fairyland from Scotty Young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scotty Young is working on this. He is? It's, or is it Scott Young is a different person? I think it's, I think a, it's different a different person. person. Oh. Uh, this... Um, I, I like this just fine. I thought the art was fun. Um, I felt like the twist was predictable enough that I wanted them to just get to it already. So the fact that they do get to it at the end of the issue, I'm much more willing to read a second issue and kind of see where it was now that they're not playing coy about things anymore. Uh, but if you are looking for a new title that's super gross, the art is super gross. I actually like the backup a lot. Um, sort of a time oh, yeah. travel uh, take where... Um, our our hero slash villain returns from the future and to try to stop her dad from creating a bad nickname for her and then yeah. her whole time traveling squad gets wiped out. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, it, it's a good start into the adventure time of it all. I'm sure they planned out a lot of things for it, so that should be fun to follow. Moving on to a Valiant comic book, Livewire number nine. We really like the early issues of this book. Let's check back in. What do you think about what's going on now? Uh, I really like the way this book is kind of like making choices and then seeing how the character kind of reacts, right? So so we have this character, Livewire, and she's trying to do good but kind of like messed up a little bit. And, you know, it's a little weary about trusting people as she should be in this issue. Um, yeah, if, you know, like uh, lawyer types show up at your door, you know, don't trust them. I think that's mm. the lesson here, you know? Yeah. Uh, like because they're going to... Bring you to court? Yeah. Nice. Oh. How'd you feel about this, Justin? Uh, I like this a lot. I, I feel like this title really is uh, just turning on the guilt that the, the, the live wire has about what she did. And this taking it in, in a whole new direction into politics, I thought was really cool. And uh, I mean, it's all just sort of an ongoing monologue about how she is feeling and dealing with her life as this sort of leader of the Psyots and uh, a sort of superhero slash villain. I think it's great. It's a very unique take on a superhero slash villain and being inside her head. Yeah. I, I really do like thrusting Livewire into the middle of an election in particular and a yeah. politics storyline. It I never would have thought of that in a million years, yeah. but it works so well and it's so smart and well written. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a little disappointed they changed the artist, though. Uh, the art I like kind the of changed. Art. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's good, 
Uh, but it's always weird when a, you're, you like a book and then they change artists. You don't like change. Yep. Nice. Uh, speaking of change, let's move on to another controversial comic book, DC Comics Superman Year One Number Two. <laughs> oh, now, man. we, I think it's safe to say, did not like the first issue yes. of this book. Right? Yes. John Romita Jr.'s art, glorious Very as good. always. Frank Miller's writing. Uh, mixed bag? Uh, misogynistic bag Ooh, is what yeah, we talked yeah, about yeah, last time. I think time. that's fair. I think that's fair. In that first issue especially. Um, and this is not as misogynistic. Uh, sure. Not as. Yeah. Right. Still a little bit. But also, so a quick recap of what happens. Uh, Superman is in, Clark Kent is in the Navy, and it's just so much Navy stuff. So much. So much. Training. Yeah. And I was like, geez, I don't need to go to boot camp to be along with this ride. And then, oddly, he sort of gets involved with a mermaid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who uh, it? Oh, no, he discovers very quickly he can walk into the water and just start breathing water. Yeah, what is that? That's not a Superman thing. Yeah, I didn't know Superman could breathe underwater. I mean, this is Superman year one. Yeah, I guess be just... Uh, uh, As you grow older, you stop breathing water. Yeah, you could breathe like underwater when you go through puberty. Uh, <laughs> this comic made me think of the, uh, our old friend uh, Kenny Cords. Who used to be a uh, Navy SEAL. Yeah. And uh the And fucked a mermaid that yeah. one time. <laughs> yeah, <That's> definitely right. <laughs> did. I forgot about that. Yeah, he made the logo the for that mermaid beer, and that's where he got the, the image he from. Drew, <laughs> he drew yeah. the mermaid. From that real he life. The one yeah. that he fucked. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Um but uh <laughs> yeah, a lot of those drills and tests and stuff are real that they use. Oh, no sure. doubt about that. I the, there comes a point when you're trying so hard to make things different with Superman's origin because you're like, this is what everybody knows. What about this other thing that it becomes unrecognizable as Superman? And I think yeah. that's what's happened here. I also think this... Yeah, I shows, thought it was Aquaman for a while. Well, this also shows a fault of a late career Frank Miller where he has a tendency to start with one thing and eventually be like, ah, I want to play with the whole DC universe. Right. Which is what happened with, what was it, Dark Knight Returns? or not mm. dar- uh, No, dar- the two? third. Yeah. Two uh, and three. Yeah, DK3. Three got to be three. D- yeah, DK3, yeah. where he was just like, it was barely even a Batman book at a certain yeah. point. Uh, and I think it's the same thing here. Like, I would not at all be surprised if next issue somehow Superman turns into Batman or something like that. Yeah. Like, his parents get killed and he becomes a vigilante on the streets. Something. Because he's clearly going through Aquaman's origin here, which is bizarre. Yeah. It's definitely weird. And I don't know what... What if it's if this is meant to be a comment on Superman? Like that's the way it felt like it was going. Where like Superman joining the military and say, okay, like I see what you mean there. It's sort of like cool. truth, justice, the American way. It is sort of in that world for Superman to sign up for the military and go through that. And then this plays it out in the weirdest possible way. Also, you had to love the comments by the guy buzzing the heads, like, "Hey, you're breaking clippers. This is coming out of your paycheck, right?" Yeah, like, man, you get some strong hair. Strong it's just hair, very bro. chill. Everyone there is like, "You're you're good at th- you're a little too good at this, you regular man." And, and it's uh, like, what? Yeah, what what are, what, are we, what are we talking about? The, the other thing is that like, there's a big reveal of him wearing the Superman costume, but the way that it's played out is he goes under the water. And then they're like, hey, why don't you put on his, your suit? And he's like, great. And then he just puts on his Superman suit and walks out. So and weird. the page of it is beautiful. It's cool. Again, like John Romita Jr. having Superboy walking under the water, glorious. But why is this happening and why is this happening in this way is 
uh, incomprehensible. Imagine being like a first-time comic book reader and be like, oh, I love Superman. I'll pick up this Superman year one. Year one makes sense. I'll start there. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I love how Superman debuts his costume underwater, the cape flowing in the waves. It's like, right. He, then he fucks a mermaid. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, I love Superman too. Right. And then he decides to marry that mermaid. Yeah. And be the king of an undersea kingdom. <laughs> you know, just like in the Christopher it Reed w- movies. It was a little weird how like she was like, I'm completely I'm completely yours. You are like I was just like, Whoa, whoa, what is that? What you don't need to throw that in there. That was Talk really... to your buddy Kenny Cords about that. That's yeah, what I'm dude, exactly. This is based on his life. It, I it just feels like sort of Frank Miller, uh it feels like you're sitting around with like a grizzled old person being like, Yeah, I saw this war movie once. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna talk to you about it for a long time. Yeah, like and then 65 you, you pages. Zo- you zone out for like five minutes and suddenly comes back and is like, the mermaids, well, they called the people and, you know, there was a friend of mine. Yeah. You're like, what? You're like, what holy shit, miss? what did I miss? Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Well, the art is gorgeous. Moving on to another Marvel comic book, Jane Foster Valkyrie number two. This uh, comes from Dennis Hallam and Jason Aaron. We really enjoyed the first issue of this. It felt like a good TV pilot. How do you feel about the second issue where it's Bullseye versus Jane Foster? I thought this was fun. Uh, good action. We get to see, um, get really get to be inside Valkyrie's head, sort of establishing this new character, new power set, or new iteration of this uh, character we've all uh, known and loved, Jane Foster. Also, her all-weapon is pretty badass. Her weapon's cool. And then her, like, I like the sort of take at the end of her sort of putting away the past Valkyrie and her love for it. You never see that um, in, in something like this, and I thought it was cool. Yeah, I like how they're exploring her powers as a Valkyrie. It seems like it could be a very simplistic thing, but the way they're doing it, she has this death sense She's figuring it out as it happens and using it to save people, which I thought was such a cool move. Yeah. Um, this title is very fun. I'm really enjoying it a lot. And I like the journey into mystery thing we're doing uh, in the next issue. Absolutely. Very, very fun. Moving on to a Boom Studios book, Faithless number five. This is from Brian Azzarello. It's about a lady who's got mixed up. It's a blood sex magic. He <laughs> loves it. He cr- loves this book. I mean, we cover a lot of comic books on this podcast, but none so much as Faithless. <laughs> We've Done you every lo- you single love to put issue. This one in the stack. Oh, do we, I? We should yeah. talk to Why our editorial that? board about who, like, because obviously the stack is chosen by a shadowy cabal of people. <laughs> who we uh, we don't know what their motivation here is. Right, Alex. What, what pop- do you think? Gosh, what do you think it is about this book that? I'm not quite sure. That the person or people who like to choose what comics we talk about yes. would want to include in here. Uh, perhaps, well, I think it would be interesting to get uh, more of a light on that, to get Pete's reaction to this book, <laughs> how he feels about having to read this book month after month after month. What do you think, Pete? It's bad. It's awful. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, the weird shit stops and we can kind <laughs> of... Well, seem likely to start five issues in and spend the whole... <laughs> also, it's not weird. It's just like sex. Yeah. It's like people having sex. It's just yeah. two people. It's, it's, it's a just, bunch of people love Pete. Yeah, but it's just weird how she's just like, oh, man, I keep killing people. I, oh, well, I'll just have sex. Not going to think about it. Yeah, I think have you... Interesting let me take. ask you a question. And let's be honest here. Oh, boy. This is a safe space. Let me turn the recorder off. <laughs> okay. Okay. Boop. Okay. So when you have sex, sometimes the painting that you've made of the person you're having sex with turns <laughs> into a painting of them having demons pulling them down to hell, right? Like, no. we've all had this experience. No, yeah. I've never had that experience. Right, but so you paint before and after sex, though. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I paint don't. some light yeah. painting. Right. 
Were you to paint during sex, Pete? How is that even possible? Oh God, well, how do you have the time? Yeah, you got to get all your dexterity. hands that. All of your hands. Yeah, yeah you oh, need you, all oh, your hands for painting. Oh, Pete fucks on paint. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it's like the sex is the painting. Exactly. Nice. Have you been to his gallery, by the way? Yes. Oh, you mean his apartment? <laughs> yes. Uh, the art's very bad. Yeah, I'm behind this wall where they're painting the two eye holes. Have you been back there? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good uh, spot. I walked by it while I was going inside, and it looked like the eyes were following me. Oh, that's a, that seems unlikely. Yeah. Yes. What do you think about this book, Justin? I like this book. Um, <laughs> yeah? I do, yeah. Um, what do you say, like about it? It's super unique. Um, we... It has this sense of just dread around the whole, uh, the main character who is like, was a normal, innocent person who uh, couldn't, uh, couldn't have an orgasm, if I remember correctly. And then now into this like demonic stuff is sort of becoming much more into the sex involved with like the, uh, the girlfriend, her dad, all these different people. Like the art's really cool. Um, I do think it has, I want to know where we're going a little bit more. It yeah. feels like these last two issues are sort of like, Here's this center on the sex, uh, but not no, even. It's not really. Uh, to your point, there's a thing in this issue where a homeless woman encounters her main character, starts yelling at her, and then she's drawing this protection circle on the ground. That was cool. and hundreds, if not thousands, of rats and vermin surround her, but they can't get in the protection circle. Yeah. it's this amazing, dark, disturbing, nightmarish image. But to your point, I want to know how it connects like i want to see yeah. the threads start coming together i wish this. somebody could do that in new york city draw all the rats out and just put them in a little circle and keep them trapped there oh you want to flip the oh, script yeah. and yeah. Flip circle. the circle this yeah. comic book reminds me of like a late night series in the 90s around like cbs or something <laughs> yes. late night where it was like oh it's sort of fucked up and then yeah. cbs never had shit like not this. maybe not cbs maybe it was another I think it was Wait, are you thinking of cvs yeah, the, yeah. The yeah, pharmacy? I used to go to the pharmacy late, late at night, night yeah. and you'd see some shit. <laughs> yeah, you would. No, there was this, a network that had like a late night line of television. USA up all night? Cinemax? No, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. All okay, right, great. You look cool. that up. Uh, I think Faithless is good as well. The art is excellent in particular. DC comic book, Year of the Villain, Black Mask, number one. This is a one-shot focusing on the Black Mask character as he tries something a little bit new in the DC universe based on an offer from Lex Luthor. Uh, he ends up going into corporate crime, kind of, instead of his regular crime. What would you guys think about this book? Well, this was interesting. I didn't know much about Black Mask as a villain, uh, they kind of have him growing up uh, next to old Brucey Wayne and, uh, you know, not liking him very much. So uh, I thought it was very kind of interesting origin story. I'm excited to see where it goes. It was cool to see Batwoman in the comic. Yeah, this was cool. I thought this was I, I like these. They feel like what I used to read annuals for, where it's just like yeah. a standalone story it gets into this character. We're not usually in the head of. And you see, like, a little, little thing, little story that These they get involved in. would have been good annuals. That's a very good point. There was the uh, Sinestro one-shot as well. And I feel like yeah. you could have, tying into the Year of the Villain, a bunch of villain-focused Green Lantern annual, Batwoman annual, etc. Except it flips the script and becomes about the villains. And that would have achieved the same purpose. But... Yeah, these one-shots are very good so far. I, I don't know necessarily what's coming next, but the first two have been very neat. The first one was Mark Russell. The son was by Tom Taylor. Um, I'm enjoying them quite a bit. 
Yeah. Ghost Spider number one from Marvel Comics. This is bringing Spider-Gwen into the Marvel Universe, kind of. Specifically, she can't go to school anymore in her universe because everybody knows who she is. So she ends up tri- uh, transferring over to the Marvel 616. Uh, that's the bulk of this issue, along with some other sundry plot items. How would you guys feel about this reboot, Pete? I just had a question. So her plan is that she's going to sleep in her universe and then wake up and come to 616 to, like, go to school and live her life and then go home to sleep. Yeah, yeah. it's like you living in Brooklyn and going to work in Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. The subway, it's like taking you through different dimensions. Right. It kind of is. Isn't that funny? Especially since that gypsy told you you were going to die in the subway. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop bringing or that up. Or at a subway. Sandwich shop. What do you think about Ghost Spider? Uh, I love the, I love this character. I've read all of do, this. Do you like the fact that she's... Or, Costume is made up of little spiders. I do like that. Really? I really liked the uh, Spider Gwen series. Um, and when that ended, she has had the had her symbiote, had the Venom uh, symbiote attached to her. And that has moved into the become this sort of ghost spider situation where her costume is made of spiders. Yes. You, you find that scary? That's very weird and scary. Nah, spiders are spiders are just regular bugs. Yeah, but I mean, if all the spiders just kind of like let go or something, you know, she yeah. would be unprotected. <laughs> <laughs> unprotected? Let, yeah, like a bad go. guy could just like yeah. you know punch her. Or when see you take off your clothes at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, when all of your spiders that make up your clothes <laughs> let go at night, when yeah. you're like, all right, pants spiders, you let go first, and then you shirt spiders, your turn to let go. Because it's bedtime. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm unprotected now. (laughs) Quickly, under these covers, spiders. Spiders protect me. Spiders (laughs) turn into sheets in a bed. I just didn't know spiders could make, you know, could be clothes or uniform. Spiders can do all sorts of stuff. They make webs. I just thought it was a weird choice. I didn't know that. This whole time, Spider Gwen was Web- made up of little spiders. Well, that's she's a not new thing. made up of spiders. Just like she is. Her suit is made up like of she spiders. Is. She's Spi- not. Spider webs are just clothes that catch bugs. <laughs> that's <laughs> not true. That's the scientists are finding out more and more about that these days. Yeah. Uh, great. There we go. Valiant comic book, Psylords number three. We fought, talked about the first two issues of this book before it came out, uh, as well as with Fred Van Lenti on our live show. He writes this. Yes, yes, he does. This is a trippy book about a bunch of characters that are trapped in a space jail. This issue, they're finding out a little bit more about their powers and origin. What did you think about this? Well, it brings up a good point. Would you rather go to space jail mm-hmm. or earth jail? I'd shoot myself in the head. <laughs> yeah, <that's> smart. <laughs> don't move. make me choose. Yeah, don't make me choose. Definitely Space Jail. Space Jail is very Space Jail is very close to Space Jam. I <laughs> sure, but I mean, if you broke out, you would be in space and you'd be kind of fucked. I would go with Earth Jail. That way, you could you you could break out. Yeah. So you're breaking out of Earth Jail. Here's, Here's the jail. Thing, I'm breaking out. Earth Jail is way too close to Earth Jam. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Gonna have an Earth Jam. <laughs> what <laughs> just happened? The jam. <laughs> what just happened to you? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Singing a theme song for my new Earth Jam. <laughs> it's like jam. Uh, yeah, this book is very weird, uh, but good. I like what they're doing with the characters in this issue. The art is also very nice. It's strange to see these characters completely unmoored, just basically like floating on a rock somewhere for most yeah. of the issue. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely intrigued enough to find out more. We talked about this a little bit, but it feels like the prisoner in space very purposely, um, yeah. and I like that feel quite a bit. It Plus, also- if you're trying to lay low, you just hang out on an asteroid that's floating around. Nobody... Knows to look there for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Chill on the stroid. 
It reminds me of sort of uh, some Alan Mori stuff a little bit. Some mm-hmm. of his like uh, Miracle Man uh, stuff, where it's mm. these like really regular people, and now they're gods, and now they're trying to figure out what the deal is. And I feel like this is a, a rare series where the art really, really matches the tone and style of the story. Yeah, nice. I agree. Uh, another image comic book, Weatherman, Volume Two, Number Three. You dudes love this book. What do you think about this issue? We dudes do. Yeah. The main guy reminds me of Justin. Just the right amount of douchey. You know what uh, I mean? Thank Just, you. You're welcome. My friend, Pete. Yeah, I mean, if it if you were a comic book, this would be you. If Weatherman? The du- yeah. If the douche fits, wear it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Mike He's Close. always got some quippy, he says, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of it. Spider-Man says that. Does yeah, but not like, not like your tone. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, something for me to really think about uh, going forward. Uh, I like, I do like this series a lot. Um, we they, the characters have moved to Earth, and Earth is super fucked up with a bunch of like zombie zombie dudes. Uh, this is great. Uh, yep. Art by Nathan Fox is really cool. The art's really uh, fantastic. Very interesting. I I love this comic because you really don't know what's going on in a in a way that's. Not frustrating yet. It's kind of very interesting to see how it uh, kind of unfolds. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love how creative this book is. You got a lot of different characters kind of coming together. So it's a very unique book. I like it a lot. Last one to talk about from DC Comics Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number two. This is from Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. A lot of stuff going on in the, the life of Jimmy Olsen. When we last left him at the end of the last issue, he was hiding out in Gotham City. He was presumed dead. Somebody is gunning for him. There were some uh, window bats who were coming in through his window. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bunch of other stuff happens at this issue before we eventually loop back to that moment. Man, I love this book so much. It is so much fun. And to get into a spoiler about this issue, they introduce and then seemingly kill off Jimmy Olsen's big brother in this issue. And when it comes around to that, it just gutted me. Yeah. Also introduces an ancestor of Jimmy Olsen in a fun way, which yeah, doesn't seem to come back. That, that was in the first issue as yeah, well. Uh, so that seems like something that they're yeah, building up there. Yeah, something's happening here. Uh, there's a bunch of Jimmy Olsen's running around. A lot around. of Olsen's. Um, I uh, I like, it's like this the Olsen twins, uh, yeah, or Peggy Olsen from Mad Men. Um, I feel like uh, th- th- these are just fun. I like the way it's told as fun shorts. Um, it feels a lot like a comic strip, um, but with just a lot more going on. Yeah, how do you feel about this, Pete? You didn't love the first issue, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I I just think that these are like a collection of uh, ideas and stories. Some of them are okay, some of them a little bit because Jimmy Olsen as a character is a little annoying. So, like, uh, the problem is, if you get too much into that, I kind of lose interest. But isn't the, he sort the, of like Superman's Alfred? Fuck you. Or sort of Superman's that. Foggy Nelson. He no. is very close to his Foggy Nelson. No, that he is, is true. not. He, he absolutely sort of is. is. Yes, he 100% no, is. No, he is not. Yes. You know nothing about Foggy Nelson in comparison to Jimmy Olsen. Foggy Nelson doesn't know anything about Foggy Nelson. Fuck you. Foggy Nelson runs the whole fucking practice <laughs> while Daredevil's out doing his... Into the ground. They're He's constantly poor. Like You're yeah. just so ridiculous. Foggy Olsen, Jimmy Nelson. Oh, my God. <laughs> just... uh, I don't think this is just a series of fun little shorts. Uh, they're funny. 
yes, and they are split up, but clearly they're building to something and something yeah. that they deal with pretty heavily. And this issue that they touched on a little bit in the last issue is the weight of the fuck-ups that Jimmy Olsen constantly gets involved in, what it does both to the city of Metropolis and to him emotionally, and that's such a fascinating thing to be dealing with. Yeah, I love the series of panels in the middle of him just like getting ruined by a Superman situation that he's been in. Yeah. So I think a lot of what the series the is eventually going to be about when we get to the end of the day is, can Jimmy Olsen grow up? Can yeah. he change? Uh, or cool. is he stuck in being the same old-timey doofus that he was back in the day, back when they originally had these Jimmy Olsen comic books? And I think that's such a smart, targeted thing to do. Uh, I like the last page reveal of Lois Lane. That, that'll hopefully make things more interesting. Uh, <laughs> man. If you would like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about comic books. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Hey, Pete, let's head out to the subway. If you dare. Kind of